should have prepared a rap, a love lyric for you guys, but um, it might come out if you shout out an amen or you give me some uh, a beatbox in the background, and I might just let it flow this morning like I normally do, but it might be in rhythm and in rhyme to the, um, the season and the series that we are in. I'm very grateful for very, very little things, like simple, simple things. Like earlier today, I'll grab my water, I'll get a cup. Like I'm not above anyone. I don't have Avion water. I don't have like, I don't demand certain types of waters. I get tap water with tap frozen ice water. And I drink the same water that everybody drinks. But Ui blessed me with a wonderful bottle. And I'm super, super grateful and thankful for my um, leveling up with these little um, simple gifts that people give me. My wife will tell you that asking me for a present for Christmas, I just, I said, I'm good. Like, I don't, I don't need anything. I'm content. I feel blessed just having you in my life. What I am grateful for, you guys don't know this. Because you guys see me up here and like maybe criticize why I sweat like a hog. And then why do you, if I sweat like a hog, why do you put yourself in hooded sweatshirts? And then I looked up as I were worshiping. This fan finally works. And instead of me, you think I go on stage and run from back and forth because I'm trying to be animated or get in my steps. I'm trying to run to that fan and to that fan to get cooled off at times. So can we give it up for Hono Uli Uli and stepping up and getting some nice AC in here. When something gets into my wife's mind, it's, it's a done deal. And... Uh, she had this renovation project that she wanted to take care of in our house. Now, she has big renovation projects, but this was like a mini one. And it was taking out the old, nasty Berber, is it Berber? Berber carpet. Those carpets are meant for industrial buildings and not just for your home, your living room. But I'm comfortable with it. Like, I can put my pillow down. I can lay down on that nasty carpet which I found out is definitely like disgusting when we removed all of the furniture and I saw like they weren't moving creatures, but if I put a microscope down, there were little monsters and critters and creatures that were like they like living there for generations. We were there for 16 years, same carpet. And there's like literally like if they had their own little world, they were like generations upon generations. And like the big creature genocide was about to happen because we were going to remove our carpet. And we took out the carpet and we laid down new flooring. And prior to that, so that we didn't get our flooring all messed up, we had Ka'ua Ford, Ford Painting Company come in and did this amazing paint job on our in our house downstairs and we're sitting there decorating and I'm singing my karaoke songs getting ready for the choir that we are going to have at Christmas here I'm gonna like literally moonwalk and get be a part of the choir so that I can be a part of this worship team but I sat there and I started to think how could we possibly have a brand new spanking floor and walls without taking out the old 
without taking out the insides, without taking out all the things that I felt comfortable with. Like, you don't understand. It pained me to see the nasty, dirty carpet. And she will tell you, I'm okay living in the filth. I can just live in that gross, gross, yucky, icky carpet. But in order to get that replenishing and refreshing and the renewal, the old has to go and the new has to come. When God looked at this world and he saw people going through the rat race and going through the, 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 fall, the rises and falls of different types of kingdoms and generations and God not getting honored and seeing a great divide happening from human beings and God, he needed to provide an answer. He needed to provide a solution. And Jesus Christ, we understand that we say Jesus is the reason for the season. We need to be singing for ultimate joy because the last ditch effort that God had to do for our world was send his one and only son into our earth to provide the gift that we need for eternal life. If you have your Bibles here this morning, I got a, a bunch of scriptures that I need to lay out for you all. How many of you want to get into the word this morning? I really want to give the word to you this morning. Uh, in Luke chapter 2, my man Francis you took the, the tail end of the verse. I really appreciate it. I'm going to kick up the, the, the passage in Luke chapter 2. I'm starting in verse 4, yet I should give some context from verse 1. Making sure that I don't scare any kids that are in the house today. and I'll, I'll speak in coded language so that they don't know. There was a king ruling in that time, in Luke chapter 2. And he understood the prophecy of what was about to come. A new king was about to be born. A new king was about to be born. And instead of really diving deep into the scriptures and really understanding the concept, context and the concept of the passage, what type of king was coming he had a knee-jerk reaction based out of fear. When you run and lead your lives out of fear, you just do like knee-jerk reactions because we don't understand. And fear and insecurity will lead us to make decisions out of fear and not faith. He makes a decision. He says, look, I want to keep my position. I want to keep my platform. I want to keep the thing that is comfortable to me so I have a great plan. Here's a great plan. I want... Every single child that's two years old and younger. This is the evil king. So when I say I, if there's younger people in the house that can't differentiate between me and then the speaker of the Bible, I'm making it clear right now. The evil king is saying, I want every single child two years and under, I want them to be eliminated. I want them to be removed from the earth because there's a baby that's going to be born or has been born that is prophesied to be the king of Israel. And I don't want to lose my spot. I don't want to lose my place. And out of fear and insecurity, he puts out the edict. And so fear goes throughout the land. When God wants to bring faith into the world, here comes the enemy always trying to do opposite. Always trying to do opposite. I want to bring fear if God's going to do faith. So if there's ever a time where you're making a decision to take a step forward and God is challenging you to live and step by faith, oh, there comes an enemy that says, I want to instill fear and both feel the same. 
Both of them make you feel anxious, unless you're just like a superhuman Christian that can just step out in blind faith every single time. God bless you. But for the 99.9999% of us, when we're called to step out in faith, it feels like fear. It's because somebody say amen. It feels like stress. It feels like anxiety. And I'm like, man, why does these two feel the same? Because when God calls you to step out in faith, here comes the devil to make you feel fear, to get you to analyze, to get you to stay paralyzed so that you don't take a step. Because what if you fail? What if you fall? What if you make a mistake? What if it doesn't work out? What if you lose everything? And this constant barrage in your mind happens to get you not to operate out of faith. God always provides a gift for us to step out in faith. There's always that chirping enemy to provide fear. The fear was, I want every child under the age of two to be destroyed. And so here we pick up in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 4. So Joseph, the father of baby Jesus, also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged in the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. The local Airbnb and Holiday Inn or NBC Suites or whatever you choose, VRBO, whatever it, whatever it is. It didn't have any space. It didn't have any room for the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords, in my early days of reading the Bible, I would constantly cry out to God and say, God, this is your, this is your heritage. This is your lineage. This is your legacy. When you send them into the world, there should be trumpets. There should be a guarded army of protector and troops that will be like the elite SEAL Team 6 to accompany your child into the world. Yet you decided to choose teenagers. Okay, I have them. I have teenagers. I am not relying them with like anything more than like a musubi from 7-Eleven. Let alone the savior of the world. But God has a plan. And he understands what needs to unfold and what needs to happen. So you might think that when God does something, it's this grandiose, big scale thing. When we look at the text, we see humility. We see a humble, relational God that says, I understand what you're going through. I understand what you're walking through. I'm not some entitled God from a mile away watching you from afar. I like to be up and close. I like to be up in your business. I want to be relational and intentional with you. I want to show you what wrapped 
in love means and what it looks like and what it feels like and what it smells like this is Jesus coming into the world there were no clean linens he was wrapped in dirty sheep clothes and I don't know if sheep rock clothes but they had some kind of blankets on the side of the sheep pen to use to swaddle that baby forgot how to swaddle I was a master swaddler, and now we have little nephews and nieces, and I have no idea how to swaddle babies anymore. He was swaddled in filthy robes to give us a picture of what was to come, because eventually he was going to be wrapped with our sin. He was going to be wrapped with our filth. He was going to be wrapped with our mistake, because he's one to be wrapped in love, and in order to show love, he has to take our woes. He has to take our filth. He has to take our sickness. Jesus is the gift that God sent into the world that was not wrapped in anything pretty, like the Ellie pretty decorations that she puts on for every series. And every time we have a, a new series, this thing changes. And we had pumpkins for like two months straight, but now we have gifts. It's beautiful, and it wasn't pretty. God sent him into this world clothed with humility. Clothed with humility. How many of us don't experience God's love and the warmth and the wrapped nature because of something that's on the inside of us that is repelling him? Now, this is where I can get into heated discussions and debates where they would say, God cannot love you any more than he loves you right now. That's exactly true. But there is a measure of his presence, presence, that we can feel that God can rest upon us because his power of the Holy Spirit comes in levels and measures. I want it. I could tell you this. If I want to have certain experiences with my beautiful wife she made a commitment to love me but if i have deteriorated her carpet if i have left gross dishes in the sink that is overflowing and sometimes i leave dishes and i know i'm supposed to wash them she can give me a stiff arm and a stiff hand she still loves me she still is committed to me but i don't feel the warmth ray that i love I love the warm ray where she's like cuddling with me and she's singing with me and she is like all over me because I'm not repelling her with the junk that's on the inside. Jesus came into this world to relieve us of the junk that is on the inside. I'm not trying to get conspiracy with you guys, but uh, I saw these clips. I saw these clips on social media. I saw these clips of sheep. Sheep walking in a circle for 12 days straight. Now, I don't know if that's significant, if it was 12 days, but not just in China, in other countries of the world, sheep have been walking in a pattern of a circle, just chasing the sheep that's in front of them like this, straight up, straight up in a street. There's been sheep walking in circles in my conspiracy mind. Oh, the shepherd must be coming soon. The shepherd must be coming from on high soon. And the fact of the matter is the shepherd already came to this earth. The shepherd already gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is already here. For so, those of us that are wanting to duck 
out and to get out and rescued by the second coming. You just wait a bit. God called you to stay and to thrive on this earth right now in this season, in this era. It's exciting. That God decided to choose you to be born in this era, to live in this time frame. That while we're still here on earth, we will be the bearers of God's love. And his message of hope to a dying and depleted generation that is literally chasing the tail and chasing whatever it is in this circle called the rat race. I did it this morning. I was trying to drop off my son to get ready to film because that was his serving day today. Be here by 7.30. It was like 7.35. Apologize, Casey. My bad. And we are literally driving a two minutes away and now we're almost on the freeway. And I look back up him, back at him, and we call each other oos, oos, oos. <laughs> oos, you didn't even tell me to take the turn. He said, like, I didn't even realize. Because every morning, we get up with makapia in our eyes, we jump into our tundra, and we drive to school in the crazy traffic, and we do that every single day. And now we're supposed to be going to church to praise the Lord and sing how much we adore him. And I'm literally passing the near exit that is right over here because we can get into this, this pattern and this rat race and this circle. And I feel God just telling us we need to pause. We need to stop walking around in a circle and reflect and to look and to see what are the things, God, that are in us that are repelling you from wrapping us in your love. I'm not saying that God doesn't love you. He cannot love you anymore. But there is a presence and a measure that can wrap us with his love that we can experience. And some of you have felt that. Some of you have experienced that touch and that warmth. And we can get into this zone because of the junk and the stuff that's on the inside. Show of hands, especially the men in the house. How many of you have ever had a security blanket growing up? Raise your hand. Malachi, you raise that hand with pride. Now, usually, a blankie, or whatever name you gave it, it lasts five years old, six years old, eight maybe. I held strong 12 years, 12 years strong. My nasty, filthy blue blanket that had all of my insecurities, it had all of my fears. I just poured it out all into that blanket. I'm, you think that it's a joke, and it is kind of funny, but every time I smelt it, and it, like, it was for my mom, you can smell that thing from a mile away. It was god-awful but it had my stench on it. It had my filth on it. And every time I took a hit of that, I'm serious, it was like a dopamine high. I felt good. Why do you think they call it a security blanket? Because I grabbed that thing that was filthy rags and I made it to be the security. It's a, it's a cheap way to fulfill a place in us that only God can fulfill. And everyone, else, everyone in here has a security blanket. Everyone in here, she needs a security blanket right now. She needs a blanket right now. Everyone in here has that 
for me, it's not drugs. It's donuts. <laughs> donuts are not bad. Twelve donuts can be. Right? And I, that's my battle. I'm like, it tastes so good. But I have a goal. I have like this ideal picture that I told Ray that you're going to see this transformed human in February. And I'm not going to be part of any crazy program. I'm like, I'm going to eat clean. I'm going to work out. Working out is like walking and lifting. I'm going to walk and lift. I'm going to watch my diet. I'm good. Calories in, calories out. Simple math. It'll happen. What is your thing that you gravitate to that is a quick and easy cheat code to fulfill a place in you that only God can fulfill? That's what lust is. Lust is a you reaping where you have not sown. And trying to take the benefit of the feel of the dopamine hit or whatever makes you feel good. And God says, it takes work and it takes longer to get into the presence of God. So the thing that you are trying to experience, to be wrapped in his love, it takes time, effort, and energy. And it is not easy. And that's why some of us miss out on this great relationship with Christ. Because in your infant stages... As a Christian, just like King Herod tried to kill all of the younger ones, it's easier to kill infant Christians in that state when you're not strong, when you're not grown, when you don't have people feeding you the word, when you get up and you learn how to feed for yourself, you learn how to grow, you learn how to walk, you know how to fend, you learn how to take a challenge in life and not blame anybody and say, oh, that's because the pastor said something and it didn't work out, so I'm, worn, I'm walking away. Or I got offended in a group because someone challenged me and I'm going to go check out another church where I feel good, where I feel good. And then you just keep bouncing and bouncing and bouncing and never grow to maturity because of insecurity. Because it's easy to go and fill something on the inside with grabbing at external things to patch up a place where only God can touch. He wants us to wrap us in his love. But we got to take out the junk. we got to take out the things that we're chasing after, we're running towards, and pause and say, Jesus, I'm going to wait at your feet. I'm going to tackle this passage again. John 3.16. I heard that passage so many different times. I saw it at wrestling matches, John 3.16. And I'm going to eat, and I'm going I'm to just eat and dwell here until you speak, until you commune, till we are locked in. That's the only place we get to true connection. I got to listen to three hours of stories. Three hours. We could get it done in three minutes and get straight to the point. Nope. I'm sit down. I love those carpet colors. I love the curtain options. Those are great bar, like, don't black. We'll go with black. You hate black. I love gold. Gold is good. We'll do gold. And we're going through the time of conversating because I know it's going to get us to a place of connection. Some of you guys are about to get married soon. 
Some of you guys are about to get married soon or just got married. I'm giving you guys the secret sauce, man. You just stay in the pocket, nod, and listen to get to that place. That's our relationship with Christ. We sit down. We're his bride. We're the bride of Christ. And the bride of Christ is busy walking around, doing ourselves, chasing our tails in the rat race of life. And he just wants to commune with his bride. I hear that clearly from the Lord. He misses you. He misses you. He wants you to talk story. Sit down and just listen. Sometimes he's just talking too much. Talk, 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 talk. Just listen. He wants to commune. He wants to share. He wants to pour out. Jesus is the gift. Jesus was wrapped in our woes. He pinned it to the cross. And Jesus was born for us to be reborn. Listen to John. First John. See what great love the Father has lavished on us. That we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Dear friends, we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. I sense the Lord is doing a purification process within our church congregation, that he is looking for people that will follow him and worship him in spirit and in truth. It depends on our wrapping that will get us to the place of worshiping him in spirit and truth. So we want to be wrapped in his love, but sometimes we're wrapped in pride. Sometimes we're wrapped in fear. Sometimes we're wrapped in our addictions and whatever that addiction may be i we demonize certain things and yet turn a blind eye to others everyone has a vice everyone has that something that we wrap and clothe ourselves with i feel the spirit of god is starting to release some of us from being wrapped tight in the things of this world that makes you feel like you're content on the inside will make you feel like you're good but it'll always leave you empty it'll always leave you chasing it'll always leave you thirsting for more and that's why jesus at the well said i'm gonna give you a drink of water i'm gonna give you a sip and it might seem like it's tap water it might seem like it's from the well i'm gonna give you water so that your spirit never thirst again so if there's some thirsty people out there trying to go through a thirst trap to fulfill something that only god can fulfill you wait at the heavenly well you draw from the heavenly well. You go ahead and drink from the heavenly well and get yourself refreshed. Get yourself into that zone. Get yourself into the place where you can be renewed and refreshed again. I want to meet the guy at the inn in Jerusalem, Airbnb. When a pregnant woman and her husband, Joe, was trying to find a place for the king of kings. I want to meet him in heaven. I believe he's there. And I'm like, bro, why didn't you make room for the king? Why didn't you kick out that drunkard in room 104? Make it all pretty and nice for the, the savior of the world to come in and to be born. 
The Lord began to always speak this part to me. Even when man makes no room, I will always make a way. God will always make a way. When there's no room, when there's no space, and you try things and you take out step, you take steps of faith, and the same enemy that is yapping at you and trying to turn your faith into fear, and you take steps anyway, and it looks bleak and dark, and that there is no space or there is no room, we serve a God that will always make a way. He's that way maker. He is that one that's going to knock down doors and create doors. I saw Black Adam with the rock, and he didn't even use the door. He just busted right through the wall. Sometimes you might be in a situation you're like hemmed in, all walls on four sides, and you're like, there is no exit. And here comes God. Well, we're just going to bust through the wall. We're going to demo this wall, and I am going to make a way. He empathizes with you because he went through a trial and a test and a temptation like no other in human history. Jesus gets led into the wilderness wrapped in scary trees. He's wrapped in a cold weather at that moment. He's wrapped in hunger to empathize with you. And for 40 days and for 40 nights, he's fasted. And at the end of that fast, Water fast, not Jamba Juice fast. That's a cheat fast that we do sometimes. Water. Straight water. Then comes the enemy at that moment. Then comes the enemy and says, dude, you look hungry. You're about to smash these manapuas. Look at these rocks. It looks like manapuas. All you got to do is speak to the rock. The pohaku will turn into a manapua. Right now. You have the ability. That's the thing about God. He can do it. He can do it, but he chooses not to do it because man shall not live on bread alone because he's the bread of life. And you think you can fix that hunger with one little bite and morsel. That'll leave you empty when that thing runs out. So he's teaching us a message on like, look, the world will tell you what a standard is. The world will say, go after every single passion and dream and not chase after God first and not consider what you have to say about this situation because we get in a dangerous situation when we assume on God and we say, well, God, you didn't shut the door, so I guess you said yes. That's a scary and a dangerous place to live. I'm going to do certain things, and if God doesn't just stop me, then I, I guess it's okay. Well, then I could eat 10 boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts, and it will literally kill me. And God, you didn't intervene, so I guess you said that was okay. How many of us do that? Lord, you just, I'm going to do all these things. You just shut that door if you don't want me to do it. God is not going to control. God is not going to treat you like a robot. He's given us free will. And with that free will, we choose to wait at his feet and to really search out and discern, God, are you in this? Are you searching? Are you seeking? You want me to really pursue X, Y, and Z? I want to be wrapped in your love. I don't want to be wrapped in the flesh. I don't want to be wrapped in my decision making because my decision making has been terrible at times without you. Jesus, you're the gift. You wrapped my sin in your arms on the cross stretched out. Jesus, you're the one that wants me to be 
reborn and die to my selfish desires. That's what being reborn is. Saying, I choose to die to my flesh, to be reborn a new creation. And as a new creation, you can't stay a baby Christian. You have to grow. The enemy wants to eliminate you in this infant stage. And some of us have been an infant for like 20 years. It's time to grow. It's time to step out. It's time to walk. It's time to live this thing out wrapped in his love. Worship team, can you come?